Hello, everyone. Uh, this is Luke John-Louis, the host of the Deep Voice Man Show. Uh, thanks for joining us today. Uh, we have a treat in store for you guys. Our guest is Tom Murphy, and he is the head of growth at Ecom Allies. Uh, this is a firm that helps e-commerce brands scale. And uh, he started off himself as a Shopify store owner with uh, deep experience in skincare and CBD. Uh, I believe the name of his firm was Trust Biologic. And uh, he has worked with multiple uh, agencies over the years as a business owner. And uh, he found one that did such a good job that he wanted to work with full-time. And uh, <laughs> so he wanted to uh, get involved with this firm and help other companies uh, like the one he owned, Massively Scale. And uh, he's someone who has an MBA in entrepreneurship uh, from the University of Colorado, Denver. And, uh, you know, and this firm's clients have been featured at Entrepreneur, Forbes, and Oprah's List. And uh, so with their win-win pricing model and 750% ROAS plus average uh, channel performance, uh, he gets major uh, results uh, for his clients. Uh, so we're very blessed to have him here. He's a very busy man, so he's able to carve out some time in his packed schedule to sit down and have a chat with us. Uh, so I guess starting off, uh, Tom, can you tell us about your background and how you, how you first gravitated towards doing what you do today? Sure, uh, absolutely, Luke. Thanks for having me on. You're you're a busy man as well. Um, <laughs> how my background? Wow. Well, I'm 51 years old, Luke. So we could be here all day talking about my background, but. Um, <laughs> I, relevant to what we're speaking about here today, I've been in skincare for about 15 years, but it was always on the wholesale side of stuff, selling to spas, doctor's offices, and whatnot. I started my own skincare line about four years ago. It was initially called Trust Beauty, and we thought we were going to sell through hair salons. For a variety of reasons, that didn't work. So we pivoted in late 2017, early 2018, I think, and went uh, direct to consumer with uh, e-commerce. And I had never done direct consumer. I had never done e-commerce before. And it was a very expensive uh, education. Um, you know, wasted a lot of money on Amazon, wasted a lot of money on influencers, you know, all the, all the sort of buzzwords you hear out there with e-commerce. We tried it all. Right. Um, and at one point, uh, so we, I brought on an investor, and we started looking at marketing agencies. And Ecom Allies was the second one we used. We started with a guy that was working out of his basement pretty much in, in California and was super cheap and, you know, oftentimes you get what you pay for. Nice guy. Mm -hmm. But we left him, came to Ecom Allies. We were spending about $1,000 a day on Facebook ads. And in the Facebook world, you look at what's called ROAS or return on ad spend. And we couldn't get ours to a profitable number. For us, we had to be at about a 1.5 or a 2, meaning spend a buck, you know, make a buck 50 or two bucks. Um, and Charlie mm -hmm. at Ecom Allies, they've got a very set process. It's a, you know, at minimum, it's a three-month engagement to really see success. And my investors got impatient, mm -hmm. so we bailed after about a month and a half. Um, but I stayed in touch with Charlie. We went on to several different agencies and had absolutely horrific experiences. Mm -hmm. um, stayed in touch with Charlie because we thought, yeah, he was the smartest Ecom person we talked to. And we, in hindsight, we did not commit to the process and didn't do what they told us to do. So it was 100% our fault that that didn't work. Um, mm. So, you know, as, as, as luck has it, um, Charlie and I stayed in Dutch. End of last year, we were talking. I was stepping away from skincare. 
and he was looking to grow the agency, and one thing led to another, and uh, here I am. I don't know if that's a short story long or a long story short, but that's kind of how I got where I'm at. Wow. Um, well, it's, uh, it's a great story. It's an amazing story. And uh, thank you for sharing it. Obviously, you got into the, uh, the beauty products industry, and they say that's an industry that's sort of recession-proof, so to speak. Uh, I was speaking with one woman who sells makeup, and she said that, that it is. Uh, and I can imagine. So obviously women, and as well as men, want to look good and look great no matter what. And so it's a great industry to be in. Now, my understanding is obviously when you were on this journey, you had some hiccups, setbacks, and whatnot. Uh, but uh, you learn from them. And, you know, I was interviewing another entrepreneur who told me that there's no such thing as failure, uh, just learning experiences. And I guess the only way you fail is if you get knocked down and, and, and you, then you don't get back up. So obviously you spent a lot of money on things that didn't work, in the, uh, I'm guessing, in the, in the beginning of your journey. When you were trying to get things going, you know, you kind of wasted probably time and money with these influencers and whatnot. Uh, but you learned from that and you figured out what worked. Uh, and that and that's amazing. You also mentioned you had some horrific experiences with agencies, but uh, you, you picked and choose what worked and dropped what didn't. And obviously your friendship with Charlie worked, and so you, you guys still stayed together and still have that partnership, uh, which is amazing. And here you are now, um, you know, the head of growth at Ecom Allies. Uh, so I think it's a, it's a great, uh, inspiring story. In fact, uh, you should definitely check out the story of the guy who founded Domino's Pizza, yeah, <laughs> he went from oh, failure yeah. to failure, like bankruptcy. Yeah, you, you've heard of him, right? And so it's a, an insane story, but he made it, and uh, and it inspires me. And I always bring that up. Uh, I tell people about that. Uh, it's never a straight, clear path when you're an entrepreneur. Uh, it's typical not. to have these failures or, or learning experiences, whatnot. Um, so I'm not surprised that you you mentioned that you had these uh, kind of setbacks and whatnot. Um, so, uh, obviously, you had a lot of success and whatnot as an entrepreneur and with this firm uh, that, that you work with, Ecom Allies. I'm curious, how would you describe uh, the current situation of, uh, of e-commerce and business and marketing and whatnot, and what challenges has the pandemic posed? Yeah, it's a really good question. Um, it's a loaded one. I mean, so the pandemic in particular, I mean, it's our business in general, you know, our category tool e-commerce has exploded because hmm. people like I look at my, well, I'm currently, I'm actually working with several of my previous beauty uh, contacts who had done, who had been on the wholesale side of stuff, but they all need to have a digital strategy now, right? The whole wholesale hmm. will come back for them, but it's really accelerated people's, move, you know, need to be online. Um, hmm. But that's also made it super competitive online, right? I mean, all the hmm. major ad platforms are basically a, um, you know, pay to play a bidding sort of situation. So if you're in the skincare world, for instance, you know, bidding on words like anti-aging or wrinkles or things like that gets pretty expensive because there's so many more people in that auction, if you will. Does that make sense? Mm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so I guess in, in a lot of ways, the pandemic's actually been kind of good for our industry. Um, it's, made it, it's made it more competitive, but um, I don't mind competition, right? I mean, it, it keeps us, all, keeps us right. all sharp and means we have to get better. Um, other really relevant thing on state of the industry right now, I don't know if, you, if you've been following sort of in the news, there's this big battle right now between Apple and Facebook. And right. 
the, at a very high level, the net of it is Apple, with their iOS 14 update, is going to have a new privacy feature that allows people to opt out of being tracked, right? So you know when you're, right. you know, you know when you're looking at your daily news feed or you're on like the, I don't know, the Washington Post or Time or whatever, um, and all of a sudden you see an ad for tennis shoes, for instance, that pops up, right? Um, and you were looking at tennis shoes the day before, um, and then all of a sudden you get an email from a tennis shoe company. Well, <laughs> that's that's all what that's what Apple's trying to to prevent. If you opt out of that then it makes it much harder for marketers like myself to sort of track you uh, across the Internet, right? Um, right. So that Apple has not rolled that out yet, but all they've said is it's going to be spring sometime. So it's going to make it very hard for, for companies to track how their marketing dollars are working for them, right? So right now, when I talk to my clients, I can tell them, okay, we ran this many Facebook ads, you spent this much, you made this much, that math is going to get a lot murkier for people because we're not going to be able to track that Luke saw an ad on Tuesday and the following Wednesday bought something. So that, that's a, bit, a big, big thing for our industry right now that everybody's talking about. But like, like all challenges, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll figure it out, and it'll, it'll lead to some opportunities uh, if we figure it out before other people. Mm, right. Wow, that's mm-hmm. amazing. And thank you for explaining something that's so complex in a kind of an everyday language and vernacular that uh, <laughs> someone uh, like myself who may not be familiar with uh, that whole world of digital marketing can understand. And uh, I've heard of it, uh, this thing going on between Apple and Facebook. Didn't really know what it was about until I, I just spoke to you and you explained it in such crystal clear terms. So thank you so much for that. Uh, it's interesting how some firms, uh, you know, this pandemic has actually helped in other industries, it's kind of harmed. Obviously, if you worked in hospitality, it would have been kind of tough. But we see with e-commerce, obviously, everyone's staying at home and, and working from home. People are buying a lot of stuff uh, uh, from home. And so you, you see how firms like Amazon have hired so many people because of the pandemic. So it's interesting you kind of, I don't want to say lucked out, but uh, you were somewhat fortunate to kind of ride this trend. But it wasn't all gravy. It, you, know, you had competition but competition keeps you sharp, uh, which I, I totally agree. And it can make you even better. And so everyone loves competition for that reason. So, um, so thank you for painting that clear picture of how things are going right now. And obviously there will be a world uh, where uh, the pandemic will go away for the most part, uh, hopefully sooner rather than later, particularly with the ramped-up distribution of the vaccines and whatnot. Uh, where do you see things going in the future, and where do you see yourself in that future? Wow, you're asking a lot of loaded questions here, Luke. But um, I'll take a shot at it. We got um, <laughs> so I, I think I've had a somewhat unique um, insight into the business and this pandemic stuff. Because while it's while it's you know a lot of ways been good for e-commerce, I'm also a, a partner with my wife. It's her company for sure. They're called uh, Conference Service. Uh-huh. She's a meeting she's a meeting planner. And to your point, I thought about that when you mentioned hospitality. Um, so they do meetings and events literally all over the world. Usually in, in, in uh-huh. years. She probably has five or six international trips doing meetings in, you know, Paris or Berlin or wherever, and then dozens of meetings around the country. And, you know, so that's airplanes, hotels, restaurants, you know, everything that's been super affected uh, by this pandemic. And mm. that, will, that will absolutely come back. I mean, on, on that side of things, I, my prediction there is that um, uh, optional meetings, you know, things like trade shows, things, anything that people don't have to go to, I think are going to be pretty dramatically affected. 
Most of her mm-hmm. meetings are corporate meetings, um, you know, sales kickoffs, incentive trips, uh, a lot of pharmaceutical meetings, things that, that kind of have to happen. So that, that'll come back. Mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm. you know, they're, um, to her credit, they've, they've, they've pivoted 100% where, you know, they do Zoom calls now with 100 people and they ship out mm-hmm. instead, of doing, instead of doing room drops that people usually get. Um, mm-hmm. You know, if they're, if they're doing a sales kickoff and they're there for five days, people are getting right. something in their room every, every night, right? They're getting, mm. whether it's printed literature or, you know, logoed apparel or, mm. you know, whatever. So now we're, uh, we've turned into sort of a shipping company, which has been interesting mm. to see. Um, wow. So to answer your question about, you know, where do I see myself in the future? What I really like about e-commerce is, you know, I plan on doing this forever, right? I mean, I don't, I don't know what retirement looks like, right? And I don't know how I would do that. <laughs> <laughs> for for a variety of reasons, but the nice thing about e-commerce is, you know, it'll it'll sort of ebb and flow, so that you know we can it'll be project based, where either we're launching a direct to consumer brand, or we're doing a project helping another company. You know, it's not your sort of traditional nine to five existence, but I plan on doing something mm-hmm. e-commerce related. You know, uh, you know, till they till they carry me out, Luke, till I'm done. <laughs> No, right. Well, I I totally agree with that assessment. You know, they say that one of the keys to living a long life is to never retire, and I I believe that to be true. Uh, they found that when people retire, uh, they tend to it, te- it tends to shorten their lifespan, so to speak. And uh, yeah, so absolutely. I think that definitely, yeah, it's it's the right mindset. And they say that when you enjoy what you do, you never have to work a day in your life, and you're clearly. Uh, in that field where you're enjoying what you do, and not a lot of people can say that. Uh, so that's amazing. And it's interesting that, obviously, I guess what you're describing might be sort of a new normal. It'll never go back to the way things were pre-pandemic. Uh, so uh, a lot of things that these in-person events like trade shows, that may be kind of sort of scaled back. Um, but you also mentioned how people are transitioning. You had talked about it earlier how a lot of firms, uh, they may have maybe have wholesaled or, or sold their products one way, but now are moving digitally online, and uh, so which helps you guys out obviously in the e-commerce industry. And so a lot of people they they uh, they kind of they were given lemon and they they made lemonade and they adapted they pivoted, uh, particularly for folks in the hospitality industry or events industry. They they sort of like uh, like your wife they sort of moved certain things online uh, with like with Zoom and whatnot. And I'm sure that Zoom as a company, they're doing very well, and companies like them <laughs> have made off, made off like bandits, I'm sure. Um, but there's always going to be a need for in-person events because we're all social animals and we have yeah. to be around each other sometimes. And like Bill Gates said, that you can have the high tech, but you always need to have high touch. Uh, so I guess there will be a need for events here or there, but it has to be events that people have to want to go to. Uh, it's, it can't be one of these optional things like uh, trade shows, which, may, again, may get scaled back. So I guess there'll still be some of that, uh, but there'll definitely be way more online stuff in the future, I'm sure. Uh, so I guess you know, this will be sort of like the new normal. Um, now, I'm curious. Obviously, you had uh, you had mentioned competition before and how the competition sort of been ramped up. Uh, and I'm guessing it's probably it's not going to go down uh, <laughs> in the future anytime no. soon. So I'm curious. Uh, obviously, there are a lot of firms out there uh, that deal with digital marketing uh, and and are, and help a lot of e-commerce firms and whatnot to grow. 
Um, what makes you guys uh, unique and different? What may what makes you guys sort of maybe? Uh, I guess uh, I guess what I'm getting at is what is your competitive advantage as a firm? Sure. Um, well, I would see how there, there's a lot of sort of technical stuff when I'm talking to brand owners that we do differently than other mm-hmm. um, marketing agencies. You know, we do. I'll give you one example. We do, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, a conversions insight process with all of our clients where. We, say we, we do extensive surveys of their existing customer base, so we're talking to people about their fears, hopes, desires, um, you know, what they like, what they don't like, where they eat, where they shop, all sorts of stuff that seems sort of random. But then we do a couple things with that. We use that to go out to the various pl- marketing platforms, Google, Facebook, for example, and we upload some of that customer data and do what they call look-alike audiences. So you say, okay, Facebook machine, show me everybody, you know, in your 300 million or whatever database that looks like these people, right? So they're going to be more apt to buy our stuff. Um, and then we use those, um, we use the customer voice, right? The, their actual customers, what they told us. And we use that when we um, design creatives for them, right? When we're doing videos and pictures, literally sometimes mm-hmm. cutting and pasting from that data to our creative. And that's, that's different. I mean, and, and it wasn't that long ago where a marketing agency was pretty much just a broker, right? I would, uh, you mm-hmm. know, take your creative stuff and I'd put it, you know, on Facebook or Google or on a billboard or in a magazine, whatever. And there wasn't a lot. It was very transactional. There wasn't a lot of value add. We do a number of things, um, you know, without getting super technical about us um, in, in that journey. And, but to your point about competitive advantage, I, I spent, I'd talk all day every day to brand owners and, I'm in a unique position because I was and still am uh, a brand owner myself, and I've worked with multiple agencies. So I can say with extreme confidence when I'm talking to somebody that we're the best at what we do. I can give them concrete examples for that. And then, you know, we back that up by doing what we say. Um, you know, we've, since I've been here, we've almost tripled our prices um, because we know what it takes. You know, we used to have a menu of things. Wow. You know, you can, you can choose – X is this much money, Y is this much money. And what we found, you know, people, human nature, they go with the cheapest option. But the cheapest option didn't include everything that we, we, we knew they needed to be successful. So we, we sort of rethought that and said, okay, we honestly have nothing but the brand owner's best interest at heart, and here's what you need to do, right? You need to spend at least five ten thousand dollars 10000 a month on your ads. You need to do, you know, X, Y, and Z, and here's how much it's going to cost. And it's not a fit for everybody. Right, so and people really appreciate that honesty. So when I, you know, I would say maybe a third of the time I'm talking to somebody, um, it's not a fit either because they're too small and they can't afford it, um, or or whatever. But that's fine. You know, I, I will firm on to other people. Um, you know, do we do what we can to help? And I think people appreciate that sort of authenticity. Wow, that's amazing. As a salesperson, and I think, um, and thank you for sharing that answer. It's clear that when you're honest, uh, the uh, clients and prospects appreciate that because so many salespeople are, are quote unquote desperate or pushy and will say anything to make a buck. And you'll you can just tell someone, look, this may not be the right fit. And I think that um, folks appreciate that kind of candor, that that kind of posture and whatnot. And uh, that may, in, in some ways, even help you get more clients when you show that kind of posture in some ways. 
And it, it's interesting. Um, now, you talked about how you're an entrepreneur yourself. Uh, you're a brand owner, quote unquote, yourself, and you still have that, that firm, uh, uh, you know, selling the, the, the beauty products and whatnot. And so you can relate to them on that level. Um, you know what it's like to be an entrepreneur and, and want to get results and whatnot. You've worked with many agencies yourself, then uh, that's amazing. And so you know the, the right questions to give to business owners and how to uh, find that data. Uh, you do the research. You look for those lookalikes, as you mentioned, and, uh, and see what they've done. And, so, and you also mentioned customer voice and to see what customers themselves say, uh, and, and, that, and that's amazing. So I can see why you're different from a lot of other firms uh, that are out there. Uh, you have the experience to back it up. You have the results and whatnot. And it's interesting how you've tripled the prices, uh, <laughs> and that's amazing. You know, I actually speak with a lot of entrepreneurs, and they say it's tough to, uh, to charge uh, the right amount. A lot of times uh, entrepreneurs sell themselves short, and they're afraid to, to, get the, the, you know, to raise their prices or to request a higher price. And so um, it, it, uh, it's interesting how you triple the prices because you know what, what these folks need and you don't want to give them this cheap option. Uh, you have to give them what you know works. And if it's more expensive, then, it, hey, it's more expensive. You have to, you know, you, you get what you pay for. It's something you had, you had said earlier, and I completely agree. And you want clients to get quality results, so they have to pay the price for quality, of course. Um, now, I'm curious. You, you've helped a lot of entrepreneurs get amazing uh, results and the clientele you guys have is is they, you know they've been featured on Forbes and Oprah and whatnot. I'm, I'm curious, can you tell us any uh, of the most entertaining or moving stories from from your career or life in general? Once again, a loaded question. From my life in general, boy, <laughs> the, mo- the most entertaining sure. story is probably not a pr- probably not appropriate, um, but the, <laughs> <All right>. um, <laughs> um, <laughs> I, you know, I'll share a crazy e-commerce story that happened like a year and a half ago, uh, two years ago almost for us. Um, so this was with Trust Beauty, the skincare company, and it's a good example of what can go wrong online. So we had a customer base of you know 2,000-something people, and we did a Christmas special where we said, hey, Merry Christmas, here's $5 to spend however you want on our site, right? And it went, you know, it went out to about 1,000 people, our, our best customers. And we, you know, we knew mm-hmm. it might cost us some money, but the hope was, you know, they'd spend, you know, 20, 30 bucks and they get their $5 coupon. Well, I happened to be on my computer at exactly 2 p.m. on uh, Sunday, December 22nd. And my little Shopify, for anybody that has a Shopify store, you know, you can set up your notifications and there's nothing more satisfying than sitting there and hearing your phone go bing, bing, you know, every time a sale happens, <laughs> right? Well, I'm sitting there and my computer starts going crazy, just Bing, 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 it's going nuts. So I signed on to their website. There were 15,000 people on my website at one time, right, which wow. you'd think would be, a gr- would be a great thing. Well, it turns out this coupon had gotten posted on a, a bunch of discount sites online. Um, the, the biggest one was called Freebie, Freebie Mommy. It's this coupon site where you know, people just find free stuff. So anyway, all 15,000 people were ordering the cheapest thing on my website, which was a $4.95 um, little sample kit, and applying the $5 coupon, right? <laughs> so, wow. and, and I only had like 100 kits, right? But there's 15,000 people ordering. 
So that was crazy. Um, you know, we sent out the 100 that we had, and I sent an email to everybody else explaining the situation, and I had, you know, a handful of people that were yelling and screaming, saying, oh, you're scamming me, you know, you're, you know we're criminals, blah, blah, blah. So, so we got through that, but that was, that was entertaining. For anybody that's done e-commerce, that's a very good example of what not to do. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. That is crazy. Yeah, that, wow. That interesting you only had 100. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. So, For 15000 no in the only 100. Aye, aye, aye. Well, you know. You know what they say about failure and mistakes. You learn from them, and uh, that was one hundred percent. Oh man! Well, uh, thank you for that story. Uh, and I actually have heard stories similar to that. Um, so it's something that I guess when uh, when business owners do promotions, they have to be extra extra careful. Uh, <laughs> and uh, wow! Um, but it's you know it's interesting. You said before that people always like to go with the the cheapest uh, option. And so there's nothing cheaper than free. And I think when something's free, uh, a lot of people tend to jump on it. So it's something to kind of be wary of uh, <laughs> and, uh, and just to be careful of, of course. Uh, but definitely a, a, definitely a funny story. It probably wasn't very funny at the time, but now you can look back on it and laugh. And as they say, comedy is tragedy plus time. So uh, uh, thank you so much for sharing that. And I would love to know the story that uh, – that uh, you know from your life in general that uh, you know the, that you may not want to share with the audience. I totally get that, but I'm definitely very curious about that. Of course. <laughs> well, I'll, tell you what, I'll share. Uh, I'll share. But, I'll share one with you because you mentioned. I was thinking back. I was listening to one of your previous episodes, Luke, with um, uh, Travis, the guy from uh, Hydroflask, right? Yes. And he was talking about yes. his extensive travels, right? And I, I also love traveling, um, both personally and and professionally. So I was trying to think, what was my most interesting story? And probably 20 years ago, I'm getting maybe 15 years ago, I was in Peru with uh, a bunch, like three friends from college. And mm-hmm. when you look at the guidebooks with Peru, in Peru, they, you know, they say whatever, especially back then, you know, don't, don't rent a car, you know, it's very dangerous, this and that. So we're in Lima, Peru, and we're trying to get up to a town called Cusco, which is like over a mountain range uh, because we're going to do the Inca trail that leads up to Machu Picchu, right? It was a a bucket list thing. So we're supposed to fly up to this town. Um, Flight was full. We couldn't get there. The bus was going to take like two days. So we of course did exactly what they told you not to do, which was rent a car, right? So we rent a car. We had four of us in the car already, three of the four of us in the car. We met some British kid at a hostel and he was going the same way, so he joined us. So now we've got this little car packed with five, you know, large humans. And it's, a, it's going to take us two days to drive there, over the mountains, sketchy roads, the whole thing. So we're up on this road, and we're at about, I think, 12,000 feet, right, because we're going through this mountain range. So it was a high mountain desert. And, you know, mountains all around, no, nobody as far as the eye can see. And in the distance, in the distance, we see this row of people, row of men across the road, with these giant, what looked like spears, giant like metal spears wearing masks. And we're thinking, holy shit, this is it. We're done, right? They're going to kill us. And so we're, we're debating in the car, what do we do? Do we turn, do we turn around? Do we go around them? So we, we decide, nope, we're just going to floor it. And if they don't move, you know, whatever. <laughs> so the guy driving floors it. 
well, they, they, these people just pass. They, they, they separate. We go past them. You know, we think we just dodged death. Well, a couple miles later, we see another group of these people, and they're on the side of the road. Well, that was the Peruvian version of a road crew, right? So these guys were wearing masks because it's very dusty up there in dust storms. And the giant, you know, what we thought were weapons, they were actually doing road maintenance. <laughs> so that was, that was terrifying at first and absolutely hilarious when it was over. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Wow. That is a crazy story. Oh, my God. That, uh, yeah, tra- you know, that's what I love about travel. You never now. know what's going to happen. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The travel is definitely quite an adventure, and and that's the place I definitely want to visit. It's on the bucket list, Machu Picchu. They say it's beautiful. You have to see it to believe it, so to speak. It's like the Grand Canyon. You gotta you gotta see it to truly uh, appreciate it. Uh, definitely want to check out Machu Picchu. And thank you so much for that story um, about going to Peru and whatnot. And, and thankfully you came back alive and, you know, you, you rented out that car and it worked out well in the end and whatnot. And uh, so great. Uh, I love great travel stories. And um, so obviously uh, you had talked about the importance of human relationships and, and whatnot and, we, and, and networking and, and whatnot. And I'm curious, uh, obviously we met through networking and someone had uh, introduced me to you and whatnot. And, you know, we later connected on LinkedIn, and now you're on the show. Um, they say for a lot of business owners, networking is so critical because you want to get to the point where you rely mostly or solely on refer- referrals and whatnot. I'm curious, what networking advice would you give to folks? Um, yeah, another good question. Uh, well, first of all, Luke, you are a, a networking tsunami. For anybody listening that hasn't connected with you, um, you know, you, you, you know an unbelievable amount of people, and you're very good at connecting the dots. And that is a good example to answer your question of networking advice is um, people are, are – I've been constantly amazed at, at the level of people that you think, oh, that they, they wouldn't want to talk to me. You know, what, why would they talk to me? Well, if you add value, you know, before asking for anything, right, um, hmm. people are more, more than willing to talk. And then, guess what, then they start – you know, giving you stuff or adding value, whether it's an introduction, you know, uh, introduction, right, is what, is what it's all about in networking. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, uh, again, you're a good example. We, we, we connected. We had a great, great introduction. And, you know, b- before I hung up the phone, you'd introduce me to three other people on email, right, and not knowing right. if there's anything at all, at all in it, so to speak, for you, right, but you never right. know. So, you know, adding value, I guess, right? I mean, I've, I've reached out to people on LinkedIn, you know, company owners, CEOs of big, big companies, and just giving a, whether it's a, a nugget of, um, you know, valuable information that they can use right away, people are leery of the whole, oh, I saw your website and congratulations on your mention in Forbes or whatever. People know when you're just sucking up, right, and kissing ass. Um, right. The difference between that and actually adding value or, or, or taking genuine interest, right? Asking them a genuine question either about mm-hmm. their business or something, something you saw in their personal world or whatever it is. But keep it, keep it real, right? I mean, we're all, we're all humans, and uh, I think people see mm-hmm. through the bullshit pretty, pretty quick. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Wow, that's amazing advice. And, uh, and you always hear this, this uh, answer 
it's uh, when you when I give this question to a lot of people, they they say something similar, or they mention this one thing that, about giving value, and that's sort of the reason why I started the the podcast is so I can create a platform for folks to promote themselves, so I can start a relationship by providing value and whatnot. And so I think it's so critical because that's when you engage in the law of reciprocity, uh, when you provide value. And so uh, it's, it's definitely one of the biggest uh, keys to success um, and, and definitely to networking success. And, and thank you for the compliment. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I didn't start off uh, being the greatest networker, but I, I researched, I read, and I applied what I learned. And uh, definitely what I'm doing when it comes to networking and the success I'm having with it, it could easily be uh, duplicated by anyone else uh, as long as people are willing to, to, to learn, to, re- to read the books that I've read. And if they want to come to me for advice, I can definitely help them out. Uh, I would say that that is one of the biggest keys that you just mentioned, providing value and being a, a giver, a go-giver and whatnot. So i uh, Definitely. Thank you so much for the, that advice and the compliments you gave me. Uh, I'm curious, uh, now that we're talking about advice, what advice would you give to people uh, that, uh, that want to do what you're doing, that want to work in the e-commerce space, uh, that want to uh, help other firms with uh, their businesses to scale and whatnot? Um, what would you tell them? Well, first of all, you just introduced me to a new word, Luke, go-giver. I just sort of slid that right in there as opposed to go get her. I'm going to use that. That's a good one. You got it. <laughs> um, uh, as far as advice getting into e-commerce, so there's the e-commerce world, and especially the agency world in e-commerce, is full of shysters, right? If you look online, there's all sorts of, you know, you see a 25-year-old kid with a gold chain standing next to a Lambo telling <laughs> you how much money he made, made last year, right? Or, you know, mm. screenshots of their Facebook ads account and how much money they made last year. Well, I, I call bullshit on almost all that because it's, it's hard work, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, but the good thing about it is anybody with an Internet connection can get into e-commerce, right? So my, my advice would be to just do it, right? Like just jump in, you know, do a Facebook ad, you know, do a um, – in this content-rich world, you know, it, whatever you're passionate about, if there's something that you can add some unique value, just start writing, Right. I mean, you can do a blog. I mean, look at the the, the podcast that you've done. I mean, you, I, I don't know how many right. episodes you've done, but it's a bunch, right? And yeah. not super not super expensive to get started, right? Right. Um, and just throw yourself out there. And until you start pushing the buttons, right? Because I I know I forget which platform you're using for your for your podcast, but you know, until you start to anchor, right, right, and, and yeah. you know, I'm sure to some to somebody who just you know, looks at Anchor for the very first time, it's probably confusing as hell, right? But until you mm-hmm. start making a recording, throwing it in the editing software, editing it, you know, actually doing it, right? Because there's this uh, mm-hmm. uh, analysis paralysis, right, that, that people fall into right. often where you, I could spend all day looking at websites about how to be successful online and how to do a podcast and get my blog started, or I could just do it, right? Like just start the mm-hmm. blog, make, mm-hmm. make all the mistakes. Um, yeah. And, you know, you find something you can sell on Amazon, right? I mean, there's this whole industry of drop shipping where there are people that legitimately make millions of dollars from their bedroom without ever touching the product <laughs> that they're selling. Right. I, I personally don't like that business model. 
Um, I, I don't think it's, it's not super sustainable, but you can do it, and it's a great way to mm-hmm. you know get on Amazon because Amazon, you know, like like I was talking about with Anchor, Amazon's super confusing as far as getting your brand listed. How do you do the ads? You know what what sort of content do you have? There's best practices like you need to have at least three pictures for each product. You need to have video, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you'll absolutely do it wrong the first time, but Mm-hmm. Until you do it the first time and do it wrong, you ain't never going to do it right, right? <laughs> yeah. So that, 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 yeah. that would be my, my advice to people is, is to just start doing something, right? Quit reading right. about it and go do something. <laughs> right. I think that's great advice. That's excellent advice. And I think it just goes beyond um, someone wanting to get into, jump into e-commerce, I think, just for life in general. Uh, you you want to go out there and, and just make mistakes. You know, you learn from mistakes. There's no such thing as failure. It's just learning experiences. So you want to just go out there and fail. And I think people need to have that mentality uh, to start doing stuff before they're quote-unquote ready. You're never going to get that get to the moment where you feel absolutely ready. And so many people get stuck in analysis paralysis. And you, you mentioned that people need to stop reading and start doing. There's so many books out there. Uh, I, I actually interviewed a guest who, came, who told me the, the phrase um, – you know, shelf health instead of self-help, it's shelf health because there's so many books out there and, um, and people need to start doing, uh, and it's so, it, yeah, and it's so critical. Uh, and obviously there's a lot of opportunities on the internet, uh, with anchor, you know, anchor is a free way to start a podcast. And, uh, so anyone can, can get a podcast and, uh, and anyone could start a blog. It's very easy to do. So just to get on there, but you mentioned there is hard work involved. So there's a low barrier to entry, but you still have to work hard. And uh, you also mentioned um, the industry attracts a lot of quacks and charlatans. Uh, I guess because of that low barrier to entry and whatnot, maybe that's the reason for all the quacks and, and whatnot. But people have to be wary. And But I guess, you know, that Nike slogan that they used to have, just do it. <laughs> so I think it's so critical and, uh, and, and whatnot. So I'm going to also I wanted to mention to you the, the word or the phrase go-giver uh, that's actually uh, a title of a book by Bob Berg, uh, which I recommend everyone go out and get. Uh, he also wrote Endless Referrals and Go Give It Sell More. Um, his, his, I base a lot of my philosophy on networking from Bob Berg. And while we're on the subject of books, I can, I can also recommend um, Influence by Cialdini, and also who, which talks about the law of reciprocity and Give and Take by Adam Grant, which goes into it in depth, um, how you get so much value back when you give. So definitely, yeah. So I got go-giver from Bob Berg, and I think everyone should be a go-giver. Um, so, but thank you again for this advice on for folks who want to get into e-commerce. I'm curious, what advice would you give to someone who's looking for a firm to kind of kind of help them out uh, and do what you guys do to get to seek help from people like yourself? Let's say you're on vacation, and <laughs> let's say you guys are having so much business you can't handle it all. Uh, where should that person go? to get assistance to help to scale with their, with their firm? Hmm. Well, you know, I, I would, first thing I'd recommend is, is that they talk to several people, right? Because mm-hmm. you're going to get, you, you quickly, again, sort of your, your bullshit meter will go off pretty quick. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So if, if you're just starting off with the, so if we're talking about my industry, digital marketing in particular, you know, you got to have, mm-hmm. have a call with, I don't know, five, six different agencies, right? And if you're just mm-hmm. starting off, and I always tell people I'm, we're absolutely not a fit for everybody. Um, and there's other ways mm-hmm. to do it, right? We, there's a site called Upwork. Are you familiar with that, Luke? Right. Upwork, 
Philippines. Yeah. Right. So great place to find people that, um, you know, on a project basis. Let's say you want to launch a Shopify store. You can post a job on Upwork and say, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to start a Shopify store selling toothpaste. I need, you know, somebody to, to build it and give them a budget. And, you know, you can probably find someone on Upwork to do it for a thousand bucks. Whereas, you know, if you go to an agency, it's going to be five or six thousand bucks. Now it's going to be a much mm-hmm. better website. But to our right. earlier point, if you just, if you just need to get going, I would, I would look at all options, right? So I would have a conversation with five or six different agencies. And then I would um, also look at independent contractors and, hmm. you know, you know, see, see what's out there. But there's, there's lots, lots, lots of resources. Wonderful. And that's amazing. And I love Upwork. And I think there's another one called Fiverr, which is also pretty good. I'm not too sure what you think of uh, Fiverr. Uh, I've heard some, so many people say great things about them. And, but Upwork is absolutely amazing. And so I guess it comes down to you want to shop around, you want to audition, hold an audition, and see which agency is the best fit for you and whatnot. Uh, again, thank you so much for that advice. And I'm curious, you mentioned a lot of important life lessons, like starting before you're absolutely ready and whatnot. Um, what other life lessons have you learned yourself or from others that you'd like to share with the, with the audience? Hmm. Life lessons. Well, I mean, you, you've said it a couple times about, uh, you know, failure, or, you know, failure not actually being failure, being a learning experience. And right. that's, that's been a huge life lesson for me. Um, I definitely wouldn't be doing what I'm doing right now if I didn't have all those failures, um, you know, when I had my own uh, Shopify mm-hmm. store. So that's a huge one. I would say one of the other big life lessons is the importance of consistency. You know, doing something, and this, this applies to, to business, fitness for sure. Um, so consistency, and then I was, I was talking to somebody at the gym the other day, and his, his motto was never miss your workout twice, right? It, stuff's going right. to come up. Shit's going shit's gonna to happen. You're going you're gonna to miss a workout. You're going to be late for work. You're going to be sick. Mm-hmm. That's fine. Don't do it twice, right? Because you do it twice, yeah. then it's easier for it to happen third time and a fourth time. Right. So I, mm. um, you know, a lot of a lot of self help or you know development people you talk to talk about the importance of ritual, right? Your your morning ritual, mm. your evening ritual. I'm a big fan of the morning ritual because that really sets mm. sets the stage for the day, right? Mm. Um, I mean, my mind's simple, right? I get up. I, right. I'm, I'm an early I'm an early riser, so you know, four thirty five o'clock, mm. whatever whatever the time is, get up, work out. So you check that first box off, um, you know, they make your smoothie or, you know, whatever, whatever your routine is, get up and do it. Mm-hmm. And then, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, tr- I try to have a checklist in the morning of the most important things, you know, the old, the mm-hmm. old first things first, right? Was that Stephen Covey that first yeah. said that? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I would say, so I would say consistent, the two biggest things for me on a daily basis are consistency mm-hmm. and, you know, learnings or takeaways from things that didn't go as you wanted them to go. Wonderful. That's amazing. And so many successful people have failed their way to success. And so it's so important for people to understand that. It's not going to be an easy, clean, smooth road. And, and you also talked about the importance of consistency. Um, and, you know, day in and day out, you know, keep doing it. You know, even if it's a little bit every day, it leads to a compound effect. It's sort of like with money and compound interest. <laughs> you put a little bit in, Every day, and it, it, it builds. There's a magic that happens with that consistency. Uh, definitely so important. 
And I'm curious now, obviously you've given us these great life lessons. Thanks for that. Are there any book recommendations that you would uh, give to folks when it comes to personal development or any other subject? Well, I'm, I'm looking at one in front of me right now from a, um, a marketing and business perspective. I'm a big fan of a book called Marketing Made Simple by Don Miller. Um, really helps you get clarity uh, on, on your message. You know, another thing people talk about a lot is your why, right? They're like Simon Sinek, you know, Google him on, or look him up on YouTube. He talks a lot about your why. Mm-hmm. And that applies to business uh, as well as your personal why, right? Why are you doing what you're doing? So um, marketing made simple. That's a good one. Um, uh, you know, there's another book that I just read called Limitless by Jim Quick. Have you heard of him? Uh, I'm not too familiar with him, but I'm going to check him out. Limitless. I'm going to check that out. Jim Quick. All right. Yeah. Interesting dude. He, he, he had a learning disability as a, as a young person, and now he's got all these uh, mind tricks is the wrong word, but it's all about training your mind. And mm-hmm. especially as people, get, as people get older, we, start, we do the stuff that we've always done, and it's, it's harder to, um, you know, your brain has got to be challenged, right, on a, on a mm-hmm. daily, daily basis. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, that was a great book. Um, what else do I got here? I'm just I'm looking at my at my bookshelf in my office. Um, you know, classics: Rich Dad, Poor Dad, right? Um, <laughs> right. Um, it's funny how often I was just talking to the owner of, of Ecom Allies, and we were talking about the uh, Michael Gerber's books, right? The the E Myth. Right. I think he was one right. of the first ones to, to talk about working on your business, not in your business. And that was, I mean, she probably wrote that book 20 years ago, but um, all the, it's still, still extremely valid and relevant. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Uh, thank you so much for that. Are you ever going to write a book yourself about either your life or about marketing or whatnot? You know, I, 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 there's no, no plan for that. Um, that's one of the things I'm actually bad at. That's something I've got to work on better is, is creating my own content, right? Like actually, yeah. you know, <laughs> doing some of the yeah. stuff that I just said, which people should be doing, right? Like whether it's a blog um, or, you know, a pie. I have thought about a podcast. Um, right. That'll definitely happen, happen before a book. So, um, okay. but yeah, definitely. All right. Well, yeah, I, I definitely think you'd make a great podcast host. Um, I'm sure you're familiar with the marketing guru, Seth Godin. He's like bald-headed, wears glasses. Uh, he wrote oh, a book yeah. called Purple oh. Cow. He, yep. he, says, um, he says that everyone should have a podcast, and he says podcasting is like the new blogging. So uh, if you don't want to do a blog, you can, you can just <laughs> replace that with a podcast, or you do both. That's fine. Uh, and I would definitely recommend that. I think a podcast is a great idea for folks. You just have to be consistent, like you said, most podcasts. Or only seven, eight episodes, and people give up. Or a lot of people get stuck in analysis paralysis and never start a podcast because they're focused on getting a microphone and this, that, the other thing. You just got to do it and stay consistent, just like you said. Um, so I think you uh, would make a great podcast uh, host. And if you do start a podcast soon, uh, and you said you would, I will definitely listen. If you write a book or read a uh, write a blog, I'm definitely going to read it. Uh, so you have at least one customer or listener, and you got to start somewhere. So. Um, well, I'm not. I'm not. Amazing. I'm not worried about a listener, man. You're going to be one of my first guests because my. I actually have oh, a name for my yeah. podcast. Name of the name of the podcast is called "Guys That Do Cool Shit." 
I like it. It's all. I like it. It's gonna be. It's gonna be about people like you know. Everybody wants to be the Joe Rogan podcast and interview CEOs and celebrities and everything else. But I don't think there's enough attention paid to you know normal everyday people that just do cool shit. So you'll be you'll be one of the first guests. Oh wow! Thank you so much for that invitation, and I can't wait. I'll definitely show up. Thank you so much for that, man. Um, Definitely, and I guess we'll talk about this a little more after the interview. Uh, I can't wait to be a guest on the on that show. I think it's an amazing concept. Um, so thank you so much for that. And I guess as we wrap up, I wanted to um, to thank you for being a guest on the show. Uh, this conversation has been enlightening, uh, educational, and entertaining. So thank you so much. And I'm sure the audience feels the same way. Um, can you go ahead and describe all the ways that people can reach out, get in touch with you so they can use or if they know someone who could use your services or – if they just want to put a dynamic center of influence in their network? Sure, absolutely. I mean, certainly um, link, reach out to me on LinkedIn. Um, super easy to find me. There's, there's lots of Tom Murphys out there, but it's uh, LinkedIn and then your whatever slash slash, and it's the Tom Murphy. They can grab me there. Uh, my email's uh, tom at yourecomallies.com, or they can check out our website. It's just uh, ecom with one M, so E-C-O-M, A-L-L-I-E-S dot com. Um, Or, hey, you want to call me or text me, I'll give you my cell phone number. It's 303-913-8570. Wonderful. Thank you so much for that, Tom. And that information, by the way, will be listed in the episode description box, uh, so people will be able to see it and read it there. Okay. Uh, Again, thank you so much for that. Thank you for coming on as a guest. Thank you to the audience uh, for listening. And I'm going to see you guys in the next episode. Everyone take care and bye-bye. Thanks, Luke. Hey, guys, before you go, just real quick, um, if you can just do me a favor, if you can head over uh, to the uh, Apple Podcast app, and if you're not there already, and if you can leave me a five-star review, that would be great. Um, If you love the show, if you can just go ahead and do that, and that will help uh, to spread the word about the show, and other people can enjoy the show as much as you do. And so if you can do that, that would mean the world to me. And also, if you want to email me uh, with any feedback or any praise or support, um, please feel free to go ahead and do that. And you can also email me to request to be put on our email list. Uh, So... Uh, we can uh, send you out emails uh, when new episodes come out. So uh, thank you very much for being a fan of the show. Thank you for listening to the show and supporting the show. So if you can do that, go out and give us a a five-star review on the Apple Podcast uh, app. Uh, That would be great. And if you can email us so we can put you on the email list and email us with feedback and praise, that would be amazing. Uh, Thank you so much, and I'll see you guys in the next episode. Take care. Bye-bye.